Hi, I'm Chrissy. Hi guys, I'm Marie. Welcome to We Call Bullshit. I am just your accessory. Marie. Yeah? What are we calling bullshit on today? Call bullshit on yourself. And we believe that life is way too short for shallow conversation and mediocre sex. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Welcome to We Call Bullshit. We are sponsored by Shop 40 Oak. Shop 40 Oak is a luxury boutique that has the cutest, hippest, like seasonal clothing. It is owned by Allie Jacobson. You can find the boutique in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, or find her on Instagram at Shop 40 Oak. So cute. Love these clothes. I'm so Super excited cute. to wear the Shop 40 Oak. Thank you. I'm so Thank excited. You. We love it. So, Marie, what are we calling bullshit on today? We are calling bullshit on everyone thinking that relationships that end are considered failures. No. Bullshit. <laughs> no. I'm calling bullshit on you. Yeah, that's what that's what we're calling bullshit on. Relationships don't end, they fail. And someone oh, taught us that endings were failures. And I don't think that's true. So it's like when you say, oh, like, oh, I broke up with my boyfriend, I'm getting divorced. People often like go, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And someone taught us that an, an ending is a failure. So I'm calling bullshit on endings needing to be failures. They're not. They're not. Relationships don't end and fail. They just end. They're just endings. And sometimes it's really, oftentimes it's really sad. And sometimes it's a happy ending. But I agree with Marie that it's not a failure. It is just a chance to start new with the wisdom that you have before. So you're not really starting over from scratch because you're starting from experience now. You're starting with some experience from that ending. And we believe that people come into our lives for seasons, reasons, or a lifetime. Or a combination of two or maybe three. Because we had, you know, have like those relationships sometimes like, like mine, they like started and then they ended and then they come back. Well, and you're like, why is this happening? Why? I'll, I'll tell we... you why. I mean, in my viewpoint is because I believe that our souls have contracts. That's just how I through my spirituality and stuff, I just believe that we have contracts and we have karmic relationships with some people. And I think that when things end abruptly or with things unsettled, a lot of times we didn't fulfill that soul contract yet. Right. So people come back into our lives because we didn't learn the lesson yet. There was more to, to give. There's more to, to get. There's more to learn. And then we kind of recycle, so to speak, some of those relationships or it's because it's comfortable. Yeah. Are you calling me out? Yes. I feel calling you out on your bullshit today. I do the same thing, <laughs> so it's affected. fine. I'm, I'm not. You didn't say anything that should make me feel so insecure about this, but I definitely feel insecure about it. Because oftentimes we do that, right? We recycle back to what was easy or comfortable, and then we fall back into these patterns that oftentimes are self-sabotaging, but there's a comfort in that. Huh. Okay. So to recap, just where we're starting is we want to talk about how relationships don't fail, right? They just end. And that's it. So we think now that every ending should be considered a failure, or we think society says that, or we are taught to believe that. And we really don't think that's true. People come into your life for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. And you just have to navigate through which one that maybe is. And so right now, when you look back on all of the relationships, friendships, jobs, things that you've had. And we, when we say relationships, we are not saying it doesn't need to be husband, wife. It doesn't mean boyfriend, girlfriend. It doesn't need to be anything romantic. It could be a relationship or a partnership, a job, 
something in your life that was there and then ended. It's like, okay, after global pandemic, I had to leave Lifetime. And it was a bad ending, but it wasn't a failure. Like I was so sad, but you better believe like when I left my job after the pandemic, like I wanted to go back. So sometimes things end not in your control. And I think we need to stop being feeling like we have so much control. Like we were talking about this before when you're like, okay, just because you've been friends with someone for 25 years, it's almost like you feel obligated to stay friends with them. And it's like, that's and, bullshit. And this also goes, this may be against everybody's opinion, which is fine. I'm willing to be the odd man out. But we just spent a whole weekend really educating people and women on setting boundaries and saying, you know, no, I will not tolerate this in my space. And so it doesn't just go to friendships because you've, they have longevity. Longevity doesn't automatically mean that people are able to cross boundaries or be disrespectful. And the same goes for family. That whole, well, it's yeah. your family. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stay in a position that you're uncomfortable with or tolerate behavior you're comfortable with just because their family or friends that have been there for a really long time. The most toxic relationships sometimes are our families. Totally. And that is not fair that we feel obligated that we need to stay in them because they're blood, because they're, because I, I have better friendships than, than family relationships. And like that, so this is a perfect example. When I was getting married, I remember I was like, I felt obligated that I need to, needed to invite my family, my family that I have not seen Chrissy in years, years. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not going to have a table of strangers at my wedding. And no offense, sorry. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm trying to be real. Like, if people wanted to stay connected, they would. And I know we're going a little bit like off tangent here, but I guess I that feel really like this, emotionally I think. No, I think triggered. That was the point of it. this was that it opened up a lot of doors for us to speak about other things. Yeah, like especially from this weekend, like there are a lot of women that talked about like they're uncomfortable with like relationships with their brother. Like it gives them and it makes them makes them feel uncomfortable. So why do we have to be forced to stay in relationships that have an expiration that have molded? that need to be removed from the refrigerator. And then we're just like, we need to keep it there because no, it's got to go. Let it go. Yeah. And I think that that's the key here is that there are reasons, seasons, and lifetimes for all things. It comes back to nature versus nurture. And also, you know, as we evolve, especially as two people like we are that we're constantly search, not searching, that's not the right word, but we are constantly going for more, growing ourselves, yeah. right? Reinventing ourselves to become the best version of ourselves. And that takes a hard look in the mirror at taking accountability for the things that we like and don't like about ourselves. And that actually just brought up a whole point. I love when that happens. Thank you, universe. Is, <laughs> you I know, love how you're talking to yourself. I am talking to myself. We're recording a podcast. This is totally me. And she's and talking like my, to herself. I'm driving my car and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah. And then I just have this full on conversation with And you myself. gave yourself a verbal compliment. Hell yeah. I did. Okay. <laughs> yes. Good so, job, Chrissy. Good job. Thank you. I needed that reminder for this whole topic because this was and part I of it. I hope I really just threw you so off the loop. You did. Now, like, stop it. Say. I don't want to stop. Stop it. I don't want to forget what I was going to have to say. And I don't forget. Thank you. Because I am fucking awesome. So Keep what, going. Keep sometimes going, people come into your life because they are a mirror of you. Oh. And me? So, well, that you're a good mirror. <laughs> I think you're a good mirror. Then there's others where you look at the reflection and you're like, ooh. Oh shit. Yeah. Shit. Okay. I understand. I don't love right. that. I'm good. So okay. I've been in relationships before with people where it's very like the chemistry, the magnetism is just 
so strong and but I don't necessarily like the person and that's going to sound really weird because they're like why are you like <laughs> magnetically attracted to somebody yeah, magnetically and honestly I realized because a lot of the things that I don't like about that person is because it's things that I do mm-hmm. and so however if you're not self-aware enough to be like oh wait shit that's not really their shit yeah like mm-hmm. sure that's their shit but this is just a mirror showing me that I have things to work on, that this is something that I do and I really don't like it. So I had to find it within myself to really think about, okay, this person came into my life for a season and the reason to show me something about myself that I don't like that I now need to change. Do you have like an actual example or not, not off. Give me another minute. Okay. And I'm sure it'll come through. But that is a reason or a season that people will come into your life for. Yeah. Is to show you parts that you don't like about yourself and that you resonate with and that you're attracted to. And then there are people that will come in like Marie for me that came in to show me good parts, like good yeah. mirrored parts of myself that I love. So I I have a, a good example of someone who came into my life for a reason. So uh, when I was working... I was in a really bad part of my marriage and I was like, um, and I say a bad part of my marriage because I believe that marriages are a unity and I was in a really bad part of the marriage, like the wife part of my relationship, you know, like I was not being a good partner. I was not okay. And at that moment of my like figuring out what I was trying to evolve into or change or learn, I met this guy and he was. I would argue the male version of myself. And I was like, huh, this is weird. So like the mirror. And then I realized very quickly that I befriended him so well. Like this was a great relationship, friendship, nothing inappropriate, like great. And literally I I befriended him because I saw qualities in him that reminded me of me. And it was the old version of me that I liked and I missed. So the reason why he came into my life, I believe, is because he was reminding me of my most authentic self. And I liked spending time with him because he made me feel like the old version of me. And I don't mean like this old version of me. We talked about that in a previous podcast. It's not like it's the Anastasia and Summer yeah, one. It's just it's the not authentic about, part yeah, of you. It's just the authentic part. The one that you like really sit in. It's like a warm bath. You get in, you're like, oh. or like when you drink coffee for the first time in the morning, it like, it calms you. And it, I, I felt warm when I was around him. And I remember then going home to, you know, my situation and not feeling the same feeling prickly, feeling different, feeling like I was a different version of myself. And then I started realizing that it was a, it was my problem. I was a different version of myself when I was in my current situation. And when I was at work or with some other people, I was a different version of myself. So this reason for me, I believe was to show me who I was searching to become. Right. And so in that situation, this person, which we're going to talk about platonic friendships because you brought that up, is that this person for Marie was a catalyst for change. Mm -hmm. And so some people come in and they show you how things could be or how things should be or what you deserve. And they may not be your person, so to speak, but that person came in to shift something inside of you to make you go, hmm, to make you question that comfort situation that you're in. That may not be great. And we talked about this this weekend, but I call it the shitty diaper syndrome. Oh, yeah. I liked that. Where, you know, when you first... I don't I mean, know why I said that. 
We don't like shitty diapers, but um, you'll get why I, this is important. Hold on. Before you shitty diaper talk, <laughs> have you ever calculated how many shitty diapers you've changed in your life? Don't do the math. It's like over 10,000. Well, you had an extra kid. I did have an extra child. Thank Which God I had we have to the... tell that story one day of how you... Not ha- we all oh. know how that happened. But... <laughs> you can tell everybody the story about <laughs> how Marie got pregnant. Let's. T- you want to talk about that? Well, no. that's another day. But th- that's a whole story about how Marie had a third and was like, oh, my God, I didn't know that this could happen when I was oh, breastfeeding God. and didn't yeah. get my period. Okay. Anyway, just so our listeners know, you can, in fact, get pregnant <laughs> if you are breastfeeding and do not have your period. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine. Marie's fine. I'm really, really smart Everything's in fine. a lot of categories. Now, I mean, I'm just saying that I would. <laughs> Shut up. It's totally fine. We're so, moving on. Oh, we were back to the shitty diapers. That's, so anyway, we've changed so sh- a lot of shitty diapers, but we change so many shitty diapers because when you sit in a shitty diaper for a really long time. So my shitty diaper syndrome is when you sit in shit for long enough, it stops to stink. It stops stinking. Right? It doesn't smell anymore. You're just like, well, I'm just here. And so you're used, you, you rationalize to the sink. And I will continue. It's one of like my favorite Marie lines that I've adopted in the last couple of months is you either normalize or ignore bad behavior or bad things in your life. Right. And I truly believe that. That shitty diaper syndrome is when you sit in shit, you stop smelling it. You are used to the shittiness. You're used to the pain. So it doesn't smell as bad as that initial when you walk into the house and you forget <laughs> that you left wild-caught salmon skin in your garbage can. Chrissy and I walked into and my I was house. Like, Marie, you it, either left fish or there was an orgy in your house. <laughs> there was a raunchy salmon orgy that happened uh, in my garbage can. It smelled disgusting. But you know what's crazy about it is if Marie didn't take the garbage out and she just sat in her house for long enough, she would stop smelling that. You're right. Yeah. You know? And so that's exactly what we're saying with relationships that are romantic, friendships, family, you stay in places long enough and that just becomes normal. You don't smell the shit anymore. And so to bring this back with relationships is when somebody comes into your life that is a catalyst for change for you, you know, just like I may have been a catalyst for change for you, like we talked about on Anastasia in summer, right? Totally. With, With just finding some of that, you know, sexiness back in your life and just finding some of that summer back in you. Right. There are people that are catalysts for change for good things and bad, but they wake you up and they make you question where you are in your life, who you're with, who you're surrounding yourself, you know, what you're doing for work. Does it fulfill you? Is it in alignment with your soul? Is this the relationship that you want, you know, for the long haul? And we're not saying to just that means you just need to get up and leave, but no. Take account of what you want and where you are. Yeah. And are you really just sitting in shit or are you actually where you should be. And it's like, if you spend so much time after an expiration date, it gets worse. Relationships don't have to be failed endings because you end them at the right time. It's like, if you've overstayed your welcome, then things start to get resentful. Then things start to get shitty. Then things start to get really, really like anxious, animosity. It all grows. And it's super unfortunate that How about we just end it when we know it's going to expire before we start to get soup, that hate word comes. Like, I don't want to hate any partner. Like, I remember Montana boy. Like, Montana boy. (laughs) Montana. I love Montana boy. Like, I will still 100% love the the dating relationship we have because it didn't extend past its time. 
right? It ended at a good time where we could still be friends. We could still talk. We dated for a little bit of time. We were both like, okay, this really isn't working for us anymore. And we decided maturely that this was going to end without it getting weird, without it getting hurtful, without it over saying it's welcome. And then I started to hate him because he started to treat me bad, because he started to, you know, make me feel insecure. All of those questions, like I didn't have to ask any of it because he was just like, hey, I was, hey, like this really isn't working anymore. So to this day, I love Montana Boy. Right. I have such a fond memory of he was definitely a reason in a season. He was a I call him for my catalyst, catalyst, he was a for catalyst for change. He was so great for me, so great in my life. And I literally will never look back on that experience and relationship with regret, with hatred, with misunderstanding. I will only like happily savor that relationship. And I love that. But when people overstay their welcome and when relationships go on for so long that you become to, you become to hate the person, that sucks, man. Well, like why? Why can't you just end it in in say like we're we're both done in the best way? Because we're in the society that somebody's wrong and somebody's right. And I don't think that. I think that there are times when love isn't enough, attraction isn't enough, and sometimes things need to end like Marie said, before it gets super messy, before it gets to the point where, yeah, one is right and one is wrong. There doesn't have to be a right and a wrong. Sometimes it just doesn't work out because it, it was a season. It was a reason. And the longer you hold on sometimes, the more hurt that happens. Like holding on sometimes causes more pain than just letting go because it's that whole, I don't know if you've ever seen the, the meme, but it's a hand holding onto a rope for so long. And what happens when you hold onto a rope for so long, your hand is just fried, raw, like raw, raw yeah. rope burn, right? <laughs> but if you just were to let go, sure, there's hurt, there's sadness, but there's less pain because yeah. you knew at that point there was expiration. But it You're takes- going to eventually let go of the rope. Like the end result is the same. The time in which as you decide to hold on to it is the problem. You're creating more hatred. You're creating more pain in a situation that doesn't need yeah. to. And so why can't we embrace it? Like really, why aren't you right now, wherever, you, you know, why aren't you just ending a relationship, a job, a situation, a friendship before it gets too bad? I truly believe it's because we think that endings are failures. Well, and also, and no one likes to fail. The but right, I get, I get it. The but, right choice isn't easy either. No, you yeah. know, the right choice oftentimes is not the easy choice. But also, I will argue that anybody that has had a role in my life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime, I still, through a lot of personal growth, have so much love in my heart for them. So much so that even people that have really hurt me. If I've had love for you at one point in my life, I still do. I want to let you go with grace, with dignity, and with all the love in my heart that you go and live the life that you were meant to live. Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe, and that doesn't mean that I have to be a part of it for you to do that. It just means that I at one point loved you. So there will always be a part of me that wants the best for you. And, and wants to see you thrive. But I would argue if you made that relationship that you're referring to, or maybe that situation, if you were to go past its time frame, you would you would probably not have those same feelings. Well, you don't want to end <clears throat> in hatred. Like, so I'm trying to think of like the reason a season, right, or a well, lifetime. Talk it's, about my well, ex-husband. So, mm -hmm. I mean, 
we had been through so much together. And there was a point after our marriage, I disliked him very much. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people go through that after their divorce with little kids. And there's a lot of hate and animosity that goes into that. But hate takes so much more out of me than forgiveness. And it wasn't that I forgave immediately or that he forgave me. Maybe he still hasn't forgiven me. And that's that's okay. That's his stuff. But for me, I have gotten to a point where I can look back from that 30,000 you know, foot view mm -hmm. and say, I am so grateful for the lessons I learned, the experiences we had, the children we have together, you know, the co-parenting relationship we have <clears throat> now that isn't perfect. And a big red flag to me, to be honest, is when people the like when people talk about their exes and it's their ex's fault. I know. I was just like, so funny that you're bringing this and up. And I am like, hell no. I am patiently waiting on this singular couch for Chrissy to stop talking so I can talk about <laughs> how I like that's this. I was just gonna say that. Like I'm not kidding. I'm literally, it's like bothers me so much because it's either two-sided. It's like you blame the other person because you're so mad at that other person because they didn't end it or they have so much in it. Like this is a, it's a conversation. Yeah. What about it you? Is, what about you? Like, I, I don't let, I hate that. And, you know, I, I would argue that my ex-husband right now still has so much hatred. And I hope one day, I really, really hope one day that he doesn't. I hope one day that he can understand the reason for me ending our relationship or for us both ending. I didn't end our relationship. These are conversations. These are situations. These are real life circumstances that when things end, it is a joint decision whether you're the one that pulls the trigger or not. A lot of the time, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, yes, but I don't want the repercussion of the other person's reaction. That's more terrifying. That's worse than just ending something with grace is there is no, there's no real grace, Chrissy. There was, there was no real grace in me ending my relationship. And I had come to learn that I either could stay and know that I was going to live in a situation that did not longer serve me, the end result was going to be the same. So it's like, if he's not going to pull the trigger, I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm ready for the repercussion. And I'm just waiting for the day for him or I, for you know anyone to be able to see that, that situation with ending in grace and understanding and forgiveness. Not forgetting, but just like a, a clear understanding of things don't end because it's, or things don't fail. They just end and not every ending is a failure. No. And I think that that whole letting go with grace thing, listen, I didn't always let go with grace. Don't get me wrong. That's a really hard lesson to learn. And a dear friend of mine, who's a spiritual, you know, medium and just spiritual life coach has really helped me with that over the last three years of really diving into that and just realizing that, you know, to let somebody go with grace doesn't mean that there isn't animosity or hate no. or regret. It just means that- But by the way, sorry to cut you off, but those feelings that are post-decision are happening in the current situation if there's an expiration. So it's not like you've now earned the animosity and hatred after. It's those things were still evident in the situation or in the job or in the relationship or in the friendship. Oftentimes, they're that, worse in it. They're worse. Right. Like- Yes, you get animosity and hatred and yuck on the other side, but the reasons why is because in the relationship or in the friendship or in the job, you are already having those feelings. So that rope theory is you're going to fall no matter what. Why fall with more pain? Crawl down slowly, have a plan, have the conversations that need to be had, 
come up with a solution and a game plan. We call these things easy buttons and reset buttons, right? You can either choose an easy button. Easy buttons are things that you just go to that you, when you think about it, you go in the circle. Is it the, the issue still isn't resolved and they're oftentimes toxic behaviors of ignorance, right? Ignoring a situation of using drugs or alcohol or, you know, anything Sex. to numb the reality is that's, that's an easy button because ultimately there's no production and solution. When you pick a, a reset button, that's meditation, that's removing yourself, that's time, that's reading a book of like for development. It's, it's a, a button that you press and you choose that comes up with a pathway of analyzation, thought, solution, all of those things where hopefully you don't have to go in this circle again rather than, hey, let's ignore it, let's numb it, let's drink, let's spend our time with friends and just not ignore our relationship. Let's talk about each other behind our backs to you know those friends, all of those things. Let's just be shitty at our job rather than just calling it the way it is and saying it might be done here. So. Think about situations in your life right now. Like, Chrissy, are you choosing right now easy buttons because they're easier, but ultimately easier gets messier. It's like the boil the pot theory. Like we talked about this with a woman on our retreat. She was like, I'm a fucking train wreck emotionally. And it's like <laughs> when you're an emotional train wreck, you're, you're not just a simmering, boiling pot of water. What happens when you overboil a pot of pasta is it overflows and it fucks up your oven top, your stovetop. It gets messy. Rather than if you were to just turn down the temperature, cover it, actually then take off the cover and let it go. It doesn't boil over. No, and I would even say too, like remove yourself for a little while. Give yourself that space and that grace to figure out exactly what action plan you need to be able to do that. You know, so that's the other thing a lot of people don't do is they don't just, they make hasty decisions. They make permanent decisions on temporary emotion. Yeah. And it is like something that I used to do all the time. And I catch myself now where I'm like, is this temporary? Is this a temporary thing? Is this an easy button for you? Or is this really, really what you want? And I sit back maybe too long now because I like almost overthink it to some point because I used to be like 0% hypervigilant about anything <laughs> and just be like, woo. And now Bye. I'm like, okay, yeah. let me just take the wisdom that I have from those experiences, those decisions, and just sit back for a second and think about really like, is this my ego talking? Is this, you know, an easy button? Is this just that? What, what are these feelings arising for, like bringing up for me? And then what do I need to take the action to? And is that removal of myself from a situation, a relationship, a job? You know, what is it for me? And that's where people just do that easy button and they avoid and they distract and they do that whole, you know, sex, alcohol, drugs, you know, working out can be that avoidant thing versus just looking in the mirror and tackling it head on and saying, what is it about this person that's a catalyst for change that's showing me something? What are they showing me? Or, you know, what is this situation teaching me? You know, versus just going into that circle that we just justify and we sit in that shitty diaper for too long. And then we wonder why we have a freaking awful diaper rash yeah, <laughs> and right. we're just in this constant turmoil. You are always one decision away from a totally different life. One decision. And I loved your thing that you said the other day. It's like, if you were to turn the compass one degree, turn the compass one degree to the right, you end up, if you do that long enough, you are going to be on a totally different path, even if you made this small of a change. 
which is so cool. And like you say, Chrissy, a lot of like good shit. Like Chrissy, like sometimes gives me goosebumps when she talks. That's it's why like, I'm like, I am fucking awesome I when I talk to myself, okay? <laughs> but really, you said that to me like this weekend and I literally was like, oh shit. Because I said like, you're always one decision away from a totally different life. You sneeze differently and then your whole life can be different. You meet someone new. You end a relationship. You meet a new person. You go and read a different book and have a different mindset shift, even just a little bit, that your life can be totally different. And like that, and that's okay. You have to, to begin a new chapter, the other chapter has to end. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's not. It's fine. It's okay. Like we have one life and don't you want it to be the most special and graceful and least, you know, hate, like hate filled life that you have. And we're not at all talking about, this is after effort. This is after conscious effort, trials, conversations. We are just trying to normalize and call bullshit on is endings don't need to be failures. And so if you're trying right now to figure your way out of this tunnel or this path, is that's okay. And we want you to feel empowered to make a change that is difficult Everything is hard. You just choose your hard. Staying in a marriage that is miserable is hard. Leaving a marriage is hard. Pick your hard. Not working out because, or I mean, like not working out and having health issues and not taking care of your body is hard later. And working out is hard, but choose the the least hard one. You know what I mean? Like, Choose the one that's going to be less hard in the long run. Like yeah, people... I always say, eat the elephant first. Yeah. Always. For me, if I have a list of 15 things to do and there's one thing on that list out of that 15 that scares the shit out of me, you know which one I'm doing first? Yeah. I'm doing the scary one first. It's funny you say elephant. That's such a... I say eat the frog. What? Eat the frog. We said that in the Motivation versus Discipline podcast. I don't even know. That's Whatever. an actual book. It's a Eat book. Eat the elephant. It's a large <laughs> trunk to swallow. I like the girthy ones. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, wait, hold on. Before we end, I want to, I'm really wondering, do you have anyone in your life right now other than me? <clears throat> <laughs> who calls me on my bullshit? No. Who you really believe that they're in it for a lifetime? I do. So it's actually a platonic friendship I've had for a really long time. Like they're not going anywhere. No. We'll call him October. And he's just, um, well, there's a, re- there's a lot of reasons okay. for it if you knew our relationship. And, you know, our significant others like know each other's significant others. And it's truly just, you know, my soul is so fulfilled in our relationship because he embraces all of those sides of me. There's many, right? And just has such a way with words that really speak to me that allows me to feel seen, understood, heard. And so just, you feel like this friendship, you are able to grow together. Yeah. And that's like, what we do. Like the, yeah. the premise really are 90% of our conversations are surrounding leadership, growth, relationships, like how we can be better. And those are the relationships like I have with you that I value so much because those are the relationships that help me look in the mirror and say, you know, what would Marie do? What would October do? What would they say to me? 
Right. You know, how can I push myself here? And do you to feel be like that foundation of that relationship started off? Like, what if the foundation of that relationship didn't start off the way it did? Do you feel like you would have still gotten to that point? Or maybe, and is that, do you feel like that that's the, you know, it's like when you, when you're growing a plant, if you immediately put a plant in like a bad dirt, <laughs> like plant, it's not going to grow no matter what. So like, do you think the foundation, the structure of that relationship is what has been able to sustain the wind, the, the natural disasters because your house is still standing so strong? Yes. And I just feel like for me always, my sometimes you are just drawn to people. And I don't mean physically, like yeah. I don't mean, you know, because of how they look. I just mean like their energy, their aura. His was just something that pulled me in. And the more we talked, I was like, this is why I was so drawn to him because I just feel like we just have a soul connection. Yeah. That's not romantic. That's not, it's just a soul deep connection where we grow together. We can come to each other for the hard things. We can push each other. We can say, you know, I'm going to call you on your bullshit. That's just an excuse. You know, this is how we can grow. And so I love, and it happens quite often if you're open to it, where your soul will be like, this person is going to play a pivotal part in your life. And, but for like somebody like you in October, I do feel like those are like longevity. Yeah. Lifetimes where some really are seasons and reasons. Yeah. And I, I believe that the, as you grow together or you grow apart is those foundation, they, they change the foundational, you know, what structure. So I'm going to reference my best, my best friend. We've been best friends since we were 11 years old. We have fought countless times. <laughs> but fought with grace and we don't spend too much time together to create animosity. We are able to break away and come together because too much closeness, too much space, too much is overwhelming sometimes. So it's like rather than really being in a relationship, maybe you're thinking about your partner right now, your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your best friend, your roommate, all of those things. Space heals and space makes you, you know, time. So me and Danny in this aspect, like we're able to grow together because we cherish when we're together and then we have enough time apart that makes us feel really good about when we're together. Because mm -hmm. I, I truly believe that if you spend too much time with someone, shit starts to go sideways. Secondly, is our foundation, our friendship is structured on truth and authenticity. I feel comfortable enough to tell her anything because I mean it in the most caring and loving way. We just had a really hard conversation about two nights ago. And I said some things that you would have thought like really made her upset. But I said it in such a way because I, because I care about her. Everything I say is out of love and friendship and the best for her. So even if someone else were to like hear this conversation from an outside perspective, they would be like, can you fucking believe what she just said? And I'm like, can you no, believe no, no. Can you believe, can you believe what Marie said again? But what I'm saying is our foundation from our friendship, our values in our friendship, our relationship, our lifetime worth relationship is built on the same ideals, authenticity, trust, never, never not tell me something because you're trying to protect me because you're, no. And so those values have changed because we've talked about it. Well, because you're growing together yeah. and that's the key here. It's okay for you to outgrow people, places, and things. Yeah. 
And so if somebody is willing to grow with you and they're on that path, that relationship will sustain a lifetime. But it's those ones that come in at a point in your life where you're, you know, at um, at the ground level, right? And then you continue, you know, four one, four two, four three, and they stay at that ground level because for whatever reason, that's their stuff, right? That's when those are those seasons and reasons, right? Those lifetime relationships, in my opinion, are going to be the ones where you are both on the path to growth mm-hmm. and you both have the ability to be truthful to one another, be authentic and have each other's like back, but also know to be truthful, even if it hurts. Yeah. And, and to check in. and Right. A check and in. to check in, to ask the right questions. Like I argue that one of the main rela- reasons why relationships that I've experienced that I've experienced ended is because I didn't ask or I wasn't off, like I didn't ask the right questions and had the right conversations at the right time. That's on me. I, I don't know why I didn't. It's because probably that relationship, that friendship, that job was had an expiration date and I was kind of done asking. Mm-hmm. And that is okay too. I made a conscious decision not to ask anymore. I gave up. Also, not a failure. You giving up on something that is worth giving up on is not a failure. It's just an ending. And so it's okay to throw your hands up and say, fuck it. I'm done here. <laughs> the Brooklyn we gotta go. What? <laughs> the Brooklyn's coming out. The, yeah. <laughs> fuck it. We gotta go. Get gotta the go. fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, guys, you don't know my accents? I sometimes throw a good British one in there. Oh, God. Cricket's giving me some really good... Uh... <laughs> crickets giving you some good some good british motorbike um (laughs) but let's be real endings are not failures and if you feel like right now you are in a situation that needs to end and if you end it you are failing you are wrong it is okay to end things that no longer serve your soul your happiness your confidence All of those good things, those good feeling things that we strive to have in our life, if you have relationships or friendships that are bringing that level down for you, get the fuck out of here. You are no longer allowed to pay rent in this space in my life. You must go. It's not a failure. It's a conscious good decision. And I encourage every single person who's listening to this podcast, who has an itch that they're trying to scratch, scratch it talk about it, bring it up. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be hurtful. It's going to be confusing. It's going to be all those bad things, but it's already what you're feeling. So decide one decision away from a totally different life. Endings are not failures. And every beginning is another beginning's end. That's it. That's all we got. Uh